Welcome to Galaxy of Toys Presents the Star Wars Spinner Rack, our podcast about all things comics from that galaxy far, far away. Once again, I'm your host, Jake Stevens, and we're here back with issue number three of the Star Wars Spinner Rack. And on the docket for this episode, we're taking a look at this week's, uh, or last, sorry, at last week's San Diego Comic Con. Uh, we're discussing Marvel's upcoming plans, and of course, as we do every show, we will review and rate all Star Wars issues released in the month of July 2014. Now, we'd like to be upfront with our spoiler policy because uh, before we start the show, make it very clear that we'll be spoiling a lot of the plots and reveals of these uh, newest issues. So if you haven't read those books and you want to remain spoiler free, this is a time where you're going to head off and pick those up, read them before returning and listen to the rest of the show. Now, speaking of the show, joining me once again tonight is Jason. I like to call him the MC of GOT. How are you? I couldn't be better. You couldn't be better. Are you enjoying <laughs> Are you enjoying your new success of Galaxy of Toys Broadcasting Network now having been officially added to StarWars.com? It's my greatest accomplishment. <laughs> Aim for the stars. <laughs> or the galaxies. True. And of course, that other voice you hear, joining us, our old friend Ryan Bendham's Bizey. How are you? I'm doing okay. Jason's outrageously fine, and you're just okay. Now, Ryan, uh, San Diego Comic Con, tell us about it. You pick up anything cool? Yes. <laughs> See Galaxy of Toys, episode 30. <laughs> How about from yeah. a comic book perspective? Did you pick up or see anything cool? I, I picked up a couple things. I did get a, the uh, the Darth Maul exclusive cover variant thingy, Mabobber, whatever. Um, yeah, the Son of Dathomir variant cover, correct? Yeah, that's the first time I've ever awesome. done that, and the Dark Horse line was actually a piece of cake to get through. It was one of the, the shorter lines I went through. There was another comic deal I picked up. I don't have it right in front of me. It was um, it was at the Lego booth. Here it is. The Lego booth had a nice catalog type of thing that you could pick up at their booth, and it has, shows like all the different minifigs that are coming out this year. But it also has a little um, Yoda Chronicles like short. What was this four page? Yeah, four page comic in it. So I, I did get that as well. Yes, I did hear that that was coming out. That's um, it's kind oh, of. Wait, the there's, there, oh wait, there's another two pages here. Okay, cool. Never mind. There's more. Okay. Okay. I think those are the comics we've re- we've referenced once before in the show, but those are the ones that are included in the uh, Lego Club magazine that you can sign up free for and have sent to you. Um, so I think they compiled some and even included some original stuff in there. I'd like to see that when we get a chance. I might have pick up, picked up a second copy. Woohoo! Jason, I got dibs. Oh, speaking of Jason, <laughs> I got some uh, Saga Legends figures in the mail today, and there might be a couple doubles in there if you want some. Cool. Fresh from Canada. Thank you, Mike. All right. Well, uh, let's go ahead and get started with our Marvel Comics update. Now, on July 15th, StarWars.com announced the Marvel's Star Wars, the original Marvel Years Omnibus. Now, this is a oversized hardcover format that will be reprinting Marvel's original run of Star Wars comics. This was announced, of course, before San Diego Comic-Con, so we were we knew that some news was coming beforehand. 
I don't think any of us were prepared for this type of news. I think we were thinking we'd get some new content. But, Jason, I know you have a full set of the original Marvels, so this probably has no interest for you, correct? Zero interest. I have them all. I have all the original copies. So So you're no need for this. Yeah, you have no need for this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ryan, are you? did this interest you at all? No. No. Okay. Um, Have you read or planning on it, or what's your status with the original Marvel series? I think I've read some of it. I think I have some of the Dark Horse reprints. I don't remember. In the 90s, I was buying everything. So I, I've got several boxes just full of Star Wars comics from the 90s. And I'm pretty sure I picked up some of that and read it. Um, I, I don't think I went all the way through it. Of course, I've read the reprints that were put with the uh, the Hasbro uh, comic two-packs. But sure. beyond that, I don't think I've ever read through the full thing. And honestly, I, I'm not that that jazzed about reading through it now so I, I it'll be a pass for me once once ryan saw the giant green talking bunny he was like uh that's enough for me and put it away no i didn't <laughs> have a i didn't have a problem with Jackson at all. no okay. no 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 I, I don't know there's some stuff i would like to go back and read i know the there was an ewoks comic that sounded pretty interesting i have i haven't read any of that and i've seen some things from it that i kind of want to Kind of check out, but uh, beyond that, no, I, really, I I don't care to go back to the the old stuff. It was it was cheesy in its own way, and I know for a lot of people, there's a lot of nostalgia with that. But for somebody who didn't read them in the 70s and 80s, I, I don't see a need to go back and, and read it. The crazy thing about this is, of course, it's oversized and it's a hardcover format, so that's going to, of course, increase the price a little bit. But uh, what they showed is that we would get 45 issues in the first omnibus for the uh, price of $125. Now, I uh, did quick math and said that uh, I found that that came out to about $2.84 an issue if you were going to break it down that way. Now, for a lot of us who have gone back and um, over the years that Dark Horse has reprinted this series in omnibus form, they call theirs the... ALTA, which is a long time ago, Omnibus, their Omnibus typically ran for $25 and you got 25 issues. So, of course, you know, that comes out to be a buck an issue. What they're telling me is I could buy issues 1 through 50 in the Dark Horse Omnibus for 50 bucks, but issue, but 44 issues or 45 issues is going to cost me 125 into Marvel. That's a rough pill to swallow. That's kind of a scary thing. I went to my comic book shop um, that I am. I have my box at, and I chatted with him. And he, again, he said overpriced omnibuses and annuals and graphic novels are something that Marvel likes to do. So it's a little scary for the future. I obviously won't need these because, I, like I said, I've collected the Dark Horse ones. But that's a that's a yeah. pricey uh, you gotta be, increase. You got to be like a diehard variant collector to even think about wanting to purchase these who, who uh is it jay from uh the uh force.net yeah the guys from uh jedi journals yeah yeah I'm, they'll buy these and those I th- i'm pretty yeah. sure you know they're but they collect you know just from listening to their podcast which i recommend jedi journals is a great podcast oh, yeah. i highly recommend that podcast um those guys collect like every version possible of all the comics and they're pretty you know i don't think they're burdened with trying to buy all the toys too like we are (laughs) so so they probably they have you know maybe more to spend on this stuff but man i don't see many people uh dishing out 125 bucks for uh 45 issues or 44 issues oh yeah and how many times you you have to do that at least three times just to get the original series right so you're talking 600 bucks (laughs) 
down yeah. the road, you know, once you yeah. start to add in Ewoks. Yeah, there could be a lot of money out there. Well, that was the news we got before, prior to San Diego Comic-Con. Um, during the actual con, they uh, have commonly have this panel called Cup of Joe, where they would announce the upcoming uh, big things that Marvel has planned. And that's where we got the announcement of three new Brand new content titles that Marvel will be producing. Such as Thor will be a woman. Titles that were actually were released and announced. The first one was Star Wars number one. That sounds familiar. Um, This series is an ongoing series. It's going to be written by Jason Aaron and drawn by John Cassidy. This is set to start January 2015. So that does mean that August will be the end of new Dark Horse content. We're going to have to wait good half year until Marvel kicks up and starts uh, publishing new content in January. So lots of time for uh, reflection and retrospective in uh, Spinner Rack here. This series is Star Wars back to what happens right after A New Hope. This should sound familiar, obviously, because think of how many times we've uh, covered this ground. Uh, how many times have we covered this ground? Fo- the events following this, Star Wars. This is probably the fifth time. Probably. I think you're right. I maybe, think Maybe even the sixth. Yeah, this has got to be the fifth, fifth or maybe possibly sixth time. I think you're right. I think you're dead on. I think, you know, this is really well-treaded ground. It's going to be interesting to see how they come up with it, especially now that we know whatever they come up with is going to be canonized. That's the scary thing about this, because all these other properties that we've just listed off, those have always been, you know, it's part of the EU, now Legends. But this is like, this is meant to be like it was from the beginning, part of everything. So it's going to be a little uh, interesting to see what actually, what how he portrays Luke, how he, I think Luke, uh, there's an interview on StarWars.com that came out the day they announced this with Jason Aaron, the author of this title. It's a pretty good one. You guys should go back and read it uh, if you have the chance. It's pretty lengthy. But um, he talks about this will be mostly Luke's title. It will be kind of from his perspective. Well, not his perspective, but he'll be the main driving force behind this title with all the other characters, of course, as well. So, yeah. I mean, Jason, do you have a place you would like them to go? Oh, of course. They should start with issue. They should start issue uh, Star Wars. That's fine. Keep that title. I'm okay with that. <laughs> should start with issue 108, 108. Let's pick up where we left off. I don't like restarting. It seems safe. Going. It seems safe and lame to me. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I'm gonna read it. I'm gonna read it all. But uh, man, what a boring choice. <laughs> all right. Next up, Ryan, you're going to get your wish in February 2015 because we get Star Wars Darth Vader. Now, Excellent. this is your ongoing series. And this is being done by uh, Kirion Gillian and Salvador La Roca. Anyway, this uh, series, Star Wars Darth Vader, is meant to uh, kind of depict the rise of Vader from essentially being kind of a lackey to, if you want to say, the Emperor, to Tarkin from A New Hope, to uh, kind of the choking badass he is in Empire. So He's never a lackey. I never buy that for a minute. <laughs> Come on. He was re- totally a lackey. And yes, the Revenge of the Sith, he's sitting there right next to Palpatine and yeah, he's... watching the construction of that star. <laughs> like... he, was on, he was on the Death Star just to make sure Tarkin didn't screw up. No, That's why no, no. They're like, Vader, he... can you go get us sodas? Yeah, no. <laughs> he was like stamping people's wrists as they came into like the Death Star room. Oh, he's no. a bouncer. 
Yeah, he was. He's totally a bouncer. No, he was just there going, I'm going to keep an eye on these idiots because I know they're going <laughs> to screw this up. And sure enough, they did. And <laughs> No bias coming from Ryan at all right now. No bias. Not Way to let the Falcon go, Vader. Nice job. <laughs> Nice hey, job. you know, he wasn't planning on the rogue coming back. It happens. No. The force was cloudy All there. Right. And then the third series. Yeah. This one is... Ryan's not going to let this go. <laughs> the this third the series... Jar- no, not oh. yet. Not yet. We'll see. Um, third series is not an ongoing, but it is their first miniseries. It's going to be a five-issue miniseries written by Mark Wade and drawn by Terry Dodson. Uh, all of these authors and artists I am very familiar with because I, I think I mentioned it before, I am an X-Men reader, and these they've all done significant work for the X-Men title. So uh seems like a lot of these guys are jumping chip to go over to from the mutants to the force, which I'm not complaining with. Now, this miniseries is due out in March, so they're staggering all these releases. So we'll get one and then two and then three by the time March comes around. Uh, this one here, uh, I haven't said too much about other than, of course, Princess Leia is the focus character, but I think the major thing that stuck out for me, and I quickly posted this on, uh, from Forlam to Zuckus, is that she is wearing Starkiller hero colors. Now, if you know your Macquarie art, and you should at this point, because every single, uh, piece of new Star Wars media right now is taken from concept artist Ralph Macquarie, you got... You're seeing it in the uh, shots we've seen from Episode 7, if you're spoiling yourself on that. We've seen it uh, show up uh, many times over. I mean, they're more or less taking Ralph McQuarrie's work and making it into Rebels, the animated series. And now we see that Marvel is tapping into McQuarrie, which I don't think is a bad idea because it all looks really good. But uh, Princess Leia's outfit is straight from his depiction of the Starkiller hero, which was that uh, kind of got on the purple... Uh, kind of, I don't know, flight suit with a tan jacket over it. All right, now on to our spinner rack reviews for the month of July. We'll be taking a look at the four uh, issues that were released throughout the month and applying our patent Death Star rating system to them. How this works is if we decide to give it a one Death Star, that's kind of representative of the Death Star plans, as is as is this needs to go back to the planning stages. Two Death Stars, it kind of represents an unfinished yet protected, maybe like by an energy shield. Uh, so it's not bad, but it's also not great. And then finally, three Death Stars means we have a complete and fully functional issue comic story. So then that uh, scoots us up to Star Wars number 19. Now, this issue came out on July 9th. It was the only comic on that Wednesday. And the solicitation for this book says Luke, Leia, and Han, sorry, Luke, Leia, Han, and Chewie are together again aboard the Millennium Falcon. Disguised as smugglers, they have a crazy caper to pull off if they can avoid the dread bounty hunter IG-88. So I read that solicitation. Then I read the comic book, and then I read the solicitation again, and I went, I don't know if they had read that comic book before they had written that description, because that is not quite the book I read. IG-88 was in there. Yes, he was. But that description, disguised as smugglers, I mean, it has nothing, it does not mention who the entire issue is focused on, and that's intelligence agent Saren Song from Dantooine. 
she has 11 of the 22 pages in that issue. And this makes it sound like they, the crazy caper, they'd never even get to her. They never even see her. They never even do. I mean, IG-88 shoots at him once. I don't know. Sorry. I'll, I'll stop going off, but I was really misled by this solicitation. So now we have the crew going to hunt down uh, Princess Leia's old friend, essentially. And it's this Imperial Agent Saren Song. Agent Saren Song has something. What does she have? Ryan, do you have any clue what she could possibly have? Um, no. It's, oh, wait, 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 wait. Maybe, maybe she uh, she knows about Hoth. There we go. No. <laughs> Did she say in here? I'm, I'm trying to remember. <laughs> she doesn't. The, okay. Leia says it could be as important as the Death Star plans. Oh, maybe, maybe she knows about Hoth and they can go there. Okay. Or maybe they're going to set up their base on Dantooine. Although they, they seem to be setting up for, for Empire in this issue. It's, if you look. You look at Han, he's wearing his Bespin jacket. Leia's wearing the Hoth outfit. I, it, Luke's still wearing his ceremonial jacket. I guess he's just high on the ceremony or something. But uh, <laughs> it's it's the, they're setting up for Empire in this to me. So I, I would say Hoth. But. Okay, that's good. That's a good assumption. I hadn't thought of that. Um, Hoth, of course, will show its face again in one of these issues, but not this one. Uh, so yeah, so Saren Song sends out the distress. They send the fi- uh, they send the guys, and there's a good little there's some good moments on the Falcon. You know, it's not action packed necessarily, but there's some good character moments that apparently uh, Han and Chewie keep a really filthy ship, which again brought me back to the hilarious line in Guardians of Galaxies about having a filthy ship. Jason, what'd you think of the uh, characterization in this? Did you like those moments on the Falcon? I thought visually it was okay. I, did, I like seeing uh, Luke and Le- Luke and Leia at the uh, Dejeric table. It's kind of familiar. familiar yeah, that's, just that's, out. that's kind of fun to see. I think the artwork, though, is wonkier than ever in this issue. I don't know if they're just realized. Yeah, I think they're like, well, we only got two issues left. Let's just do it. It doesn't really matter because... um. You know, it's always kind of looks kind of weird, but it just like like the way Han Solo's head is drawn doesn't match up with how his neck is drawn. And it's just it's really distracting. I, I give the artwork a real it's just poor, I think. That would be Carlos Deanda on this one. Deanda. Yeah. Um, that is funky. I didn't notice that. Like, I, I rarely look at the art very much when I read these, but I'm seeing. Wow. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, I think I think they're just like I think they're like giving up like. Or, or are they just taking action figures and posing them? Look look what his head can do. Or, yeah. yeah. That is weird. Okay. But, and Luke's head isn't the best either on his neck. I, that is weird. <laughs> and, and then Chewie's head is, like, abbreviated. Like, they don't want to draw the whole head, so they just kind of draw part of it. Yeah, it's really does. strange. Really strange. It definitely feels a bit rushed. Um, I think Saren Song had... It looks the best throughout this issue. Uh, it looks like a little more time was spent on her panels or her pages as opposed to the uh, the rest of the issue that takes place mostly on the Falcon, <clears throat> briefly on uh, Home 1. Jason, what do you think of Star Wars number 19? I'll give it a one Death Star. One Death Star. All mm. right. Ryan? Well, you know, I was going to say two Death Stars, but now that I look at that artwork of Han's head on his neck, that's pretty crappy. I'm going to go one Death Star here. <laughs> oh, no. It's losing its biggest fan. That's not good. <laughs> well, this, this issue really didn't even go anywhere now that no. I look at it again. It's like, yeah. I oh, think... we're going to introduce this new character. We only have two issues left. Yeah. We're going to introduce a new character, and we don't know what's going to happen, and blah, and, blah, blah. And Chewbacca's and Chewbacca has a large head. It's hard to draw that hair. Oh, uh, just draw half of it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh. 
Yeah. I mean, there's it's, artwork that is nice in here. But the that, cover that, is nice. I got to say that. I love the cover. But that, 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 nice painted. Oh. Yeah. Well, it's Hugh Fleming. I mean, he's yeah. pretty renowned for doing some fantastic art. A- any listeners, I-, I-, I want you to go. Uh, let's see. Where's that panel here? Go find uh, page. Oh, crap. This is on page number. Why don't we put page numbers in these things? Anyway. Okay, it's it's the page. It's like at the top it says Home One, the Rebel Fleet. You see Home One sitting up there. On the opposite side, you have Star Wars Insider 150th issue. Anyway, go to the second panel there. Look at Han Solo's head. Number one, I I, I want you to try and create that that look with your own body. See if you can do that. Um, and 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 if you can, then then I'll give it two Death Stars. If you cannot, I'll stick with one Death Star. There we go. We want visual photographic proof that you can disconnect your spinal column from your brain and no Photoshop that way. You know, I'm going to be a little nicer to it. Uh, Yes, it doesn't go anywhere to me. Uh, It's I do like the panels, though, that have the uh, Dantooine. I like the character um, and I like the the styles and the uh, atmosphere of her trying to run and duck and hide from IG-88. So I'm going one and a half. I'm not saying I love it a lot, but I'm going to like it a little bit more. One and a half Death Stars for me. July 16th brought us the third issue of Darth Maul, Son of Dathomir. And this book's solicitation says, Darth Maul has captured Darth Sidious's new apprentice. Mother Talzin and Maul attempt to sway Cap- uh, Captain America. Try again. Count Dooku to their Captain cause. Captain America was in this? All right. In my head, apparently. <laughs> Woo! Revealing surprising facts about Maul's past. Mm-hmm. But an attack by an elite Jedi strike force throws everyone's plans into chaos. <laughs> you, know, I, you know, I like this issue the most, I'll say, because uh, there's something about the Jedi coming in that made it feel more Clone Wars connected to for me. Uh, having the Jedi there is a little more in line with what we saw in most of the Clone Wars uh, episodes. So it's definitely having Obi-Wan and Maul and those show up. General Grievous and Dooku are captured. Dooku shows his loyalty to the Separatists and uh, threatens to put a saber in Dooku if he joins Maul. What'd you think of this scene? Oh, it's pretty interesting. I, you know, but I, I thought the whole thing was set up. I mean, they, you know, Grievous breaks out. I, I think there was a plan ahead of time. There was something set up here. Uh, I, I don't know. I, it, so you think Maul is, I mean, Grievous is just selling it right now to Maul? Yes. You think yeah, he I, wasn't I, really I, looking to have to take out Dooku for being a traitor? Yeah, I, I, I think it was all planned. Yeah. Okay. You know those Sith, they like to plan everything out and, and, and all that. That's and, true. And, and Dooku's a pretty smart guy. I mean, he's not Sidious smart, but he's a smart guy. I think he'd go in with a plan on this. And his little line, his response is, we all have a role to play or a part to play. Uh, gives you that kind of uh, thought as well. Gives you that feeling that there's more to it. Now, Obi-Wan's seen uh, grieving a little bit for Satine because the last time they uh, he held Satine in his arms was when Maul ended her. So this is going to be an emotional uh, issue for Obi-Wan. And what's the first thing that happens? It's not Maul this time, but it's Dooku kills the female that he's with this time. Well, this is the gal that we saw in uh, one of the season six episodes, right? Correct. This is the was, sister. Yeah. Right. It was like her and her sister, and they killed the sister. It was the Order 66 arc thing. Mm-hmm. And they killed the sister, and they brought her back, and now they killed her. So that's why they're not in Revenge of the Sith, because they killed them all in the meantime. Okay. Yeah. 
I like to see that. I like to see that continuity. I like to see them uh, clean up loose uh, ends like that. Now, at the end of this uh, issue, we see, is it Windu concluding that Dooku is indeed the Sith uh, master and Maul is the apprentice? Does that yeah. make sense? I, I I started to think it through, but I think I got distracted by my little munchkins running around the house. Um, but does that make sense? Do they even realize that Dooku is Sith? I imagine so, because uh, Dooku gave the uh, the electric hand shock to uh, Anakin and attacked mm-hmm. the clones. And good force lightning, yeah. Yeah, so I'm, sh- I, you know, I think it makes sense that he would be the Sith Lord. I, I, I can go with that. Yeah, I mean, they they know this that the Sith are out there again that they've returned, and oh, here's this Jedi who left us wielding a red lightsaber, throwing around some electricity and causing trouble. Must be a Sith. So that does that does then work out to when we get to, because of course this book being part of the new canon, got to make sure everything lines. Um, Ryan, we'll start with you. Darth Maul, son of Dathomir, number three. Uh, I'll go with two Death Stars on this. Um, it was interesting. Uh, it was definitely better getting the Jedi going in this. Uh, Maul, I- I've said it before, that, that I never was a big fan of Darth Maul in episode one. I didn't understand what all the hoopla was about with him. But uh, And then when they brought him back, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. But I've actually liked the character of Darth Maul in The Clone Wars, which surprised me even. And but even so, you know, in our first two issues there, it was all centered on Darth Maul going up against Sidious and all that. And so to finally bring in the Jedi and more of that into it, was, it made it a better comic, I think. I think it's still got a little bit more to go, but uh, I'd say two Death Stars on this. I did enjoy it. Jason, uh, before you rate it, we've talked about this before real quick. Uh, are you are you a little closer to thinking that Palpatine's going to come in and wipe the floor with Maul once and for all next issue? Hopefully It'll be, I guess it'll be resolved the next issue. I think, you know, maybe Maul will die. I think they, sh- if if they don't plan on using him for any of the films, then I think he'll die. If he does not die in the next issue, I will strongly suspect that we will see Maul in one of the Star Wars films, either one of the, uh, you know, the either seven, eight, or nine, or maybe one of the spinoffs. So um, I think it'll be telling what happens in issue number four of this. Yeah, what's the what's the point of these four issues if something big doesn't happen with Maul? That's what okay. I'm gonna say. That's what I'm gonna say. Because if we have to think of this as a story arc from season six, then what what, what was the point of showing us this season yeah. or this that, arc? In I mean, season? so far these the first the first two issues were just a bunch of mindless battles. There wasn't, a, you know, not a lot really happened as far as new insight. So I don't know. It, it, something big should happen in the next issue. Otherwise, I will give this. Um, four series, a minus Death Star. This will be these four issues. Darth Maul will be sent to another galaxy. I will, to I will visit the Yuzum Vong and sell ice cream. I'm going to be kind on this one. I'm going to give this one two Death Stars because um, I do think there's a lot of good interaction between Maul, Dooku, and you get to see there's just a lot more interaction with uh, individuals in this issue. You know, the first two issues were just kind of mindless battles that really proved nothing. No. So two Death Stars for me. Two Death Stars. And I, like I said before, I enjoyed seeing the Jedi. I enjoyed uh, the the interplay between Dooku and Maul and Grievous thrown in there. I like that they're bringing shout outs back to the series uh, with Satine. And so I'm going to give this one two and a half because I'm not quite, I don't know. I'm still not comfortable with 
Towson living inside Maul's chest. But that's not this comic's fault. That was already <laughs> written in the series, but that just seems so different. Um, two and a half Death Stars for me. Moving on. Legacy number 17. On a mission by order of the Empress, Anaya Solo and a contingent of stormtroopers, or as I like to call them, Bosque troopers, search for Jao Assam and Darth Red. Arriving once again on the rogue planet where her adventures began, Anaya encounters something no one expected, an army of Sith. So we have Sith, stormtroopers, and Solo. Jason, what's your uh, take on this uh, new development of Darth Red? That he's uh, trying to um, con- bring back the Sith to uh, just two? Yeah, he's trying to bring back Palpatine's version of the Sith as opposed to, well, not even Palpatine. I think Bane was the one that started the rule of two, yeah. uh, as opposed to the one Sith, which uh, Darth Krayt established yeah, in the I beginning was, of this legacy series. I, I like this. I like this whole issue. To me, this is Dark Horse Star Wars. This is what we're going to miss, these stories. The event stories, like I've said before, the um, the other titles are more like uh, attention grabbers, like Darth Maul and you know, blah, blah. But legacy is like the heart of Dark Horse Star Wars. This is, where, this is what they're best at. This is what we will miss when they are gone. Um, we've seen from the Marvel uh, announcements, they have nothing like this planned. They're, they're sticking to safe, 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 safe. Um, Dark Horse Legacy, it's awesome. I like the idea of the, uh, you know, the Dark Lord trying to uh, team up with the uh, Jedi, uh, the Imperial Knights. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's uh, you know, ultimately they're going to, you know, well, I guess there's only one issue left. So ultimately, I don't know <laughs> what's going to happen. <laughs> but um, I think it's good. I think it works. It was interesting. It was uh, finally brought some, you know. It answered a lot of questions for me as to what the plan was of Darth Red this entire time. And I was not expecting that he was, you know, kind of a you know, Sith religious extremist in regards to he wants to change the entire order to a, you know, to him, an ancient way of, you know, governing the Sith, the rule of two. So I thought uh, it was a good little reveal for this book. And uh, it came just in time because, of course, we only have one issue left. I thought the Sith army, which showed up uh, again the entire time, there might be something to what Darth Red's saying because the Sith army's never been that, in my opinion, it hasn't been that strong because they seem to always get their butts taken. Uh, and here you see them getting uh, held back by... Darth Red, an Imperial Knight, an IG droid, Solo with a gun, and a small squad of boss troopers versus, like, literally hundreds and hundreds of Sith, uh, one Sith with uh, lightsabers. So, yeah, they're not they're not quite as uh, powerful as, you know, even though Palpatine is powerful when he uses a saber, but he's more of the cunning, skilled, and uses power through others. Yeah, the Sith army was never powerful outright. It will be something to see next month how they actually go ahead and close this series out. Because like you said, Jason, this has been a series that has gone on a long time. It, all the way back to 98 or 99 is when essentially this storyline, although skipping some points in time, you can trace this storyline all the way back to some of Dark Horse's earlier stuff. So this will be missed indeed. Jason, one, two, or three Death Stars. I'll give this three Death Stars. Easy. Three Death Stars? Easy, easy. three Death Stars. Yeah. 
I liked the art in it too. I'm still digging the style and the ambience of these type of uh, issues. And of course, the art on this one is Brian Albert. Uh, is it thighs or ties? And uh, and also the colorist needs to be given credit because Jordan Boyd is doing a great job. It's got a really good atmosphere throughout the book. <clears throat> So, yeah, I think I will mimic your three. I enjoyed this one very much. So three Death Stars it is for Legacy number 17. That brings us to our final book of the month. This one came out on July 30th. It was Rebel Heist number four, finishing up this mini-series, which was given to us by Matt Kent and Marco Castanello. Or That's not right. Castanello. The solicitation for this book says the Rebels' plan is coming together. All Luke Skywalker has to do is elude an Imperial spy and perform some unanticipated rescues. But this farm boy is on the edge of greatness, and he is not about to stop saving the galaxy now. (laughs) Well, this issue is, this series has come to an end. Um, Like all of these issues this is taken from a point of view other than our heroes this one happens to be the imperial bothan spy and what he sees in my opinion is crap i mean (laughs) i'm kidding but so happy this uh series is ending jason what's your thoughts on this (laughs) i uh decided instead of reading this issue that i would just read a legacy issue number 17 a second time (laughs) (laughs) you didn't you didn't want to see how no No, 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 no. I read the first three. They were terrible. Oh, Oh. this series is terrible. And, and, you know, actually, I actually probably would have read this. I could not find this at the comic book store. It actually was sold out. So um, I will get it. I will get it. I will read it. And I'll give you I will give you my rating on our next show. So you'll just have to hold over for that. But um, I think that's why I'm in such, you know, why you asked me at the beginning of the show in such a good mood, because I probably didn't have to think much about Rebel Heist this month. (laughs) Uh, all right right but i will give you my i will read it and i will give you my ratings on our next show (laughs) zero Uh, death stars i mean i'll give you (laughs) yes i've foreseen the future um ryan what's your thoughts on this uh wrap up to this rebel heist well i I mean the previous three issues we've seen han leia and chewie get captured and like we start this out with luke and he's just doing his own thing and of course, we're getting the the fanboy stuff from the uh, the Bothan spy here, which again is so lame. But there wasn't; it didn't seem like it was that complicated to release Leia, uh, Han, and Chewbacca. I, Chewie basically took care of it on, on his own. But wouldn't it have been cool to see him kill that Rancor? No, we just see the carcass and him holding an axe. Uh, I, to me, that would have been a huge, nice, big page thing and awesome battle. But no, we we don't see that. No, we see crap instead. Um, no, you see Pooches. Crap. Yes, the Rancor has a name, and its name is Pooches. Whatever. Or is it Poochies? <laughs> I, I don't care. Um, <laughs> I, I blame Jason for that because that comes from his Hawaiian Lobot girl. <laughs> but the um, Leia and Han are just so easily rescued. It's not like this involved thing. Like Han just like, oh, here, open the door. Here's my gun. Okay, I'm out. You know, it was kind of like, wow. Yeah, he, he Han in that first issue, he got beat up, and uh, you know it was pretty harsh. And then he's just like, 
basically walks out of the detention center. I mean, Han's cool, but that seemed a little bit ridiculous. Um, And you have this spy following Luke the entire time, not taking a shot because he's so impressed with this guy. He's like, wow, this guy's pretty cool. Oh, he's got a lightsaber. That's so cool. I mean, how many spies out there would follow their target and just be so impressed with them that they really want to watch them continue their mission rather than going, hey, you know what? what? I got a chance to take this guy out right now. Why don't I do this? This guy's awesome, but he's on the other side, so why don't I just take him out right now and I don't have to worry about it later? And it, it seemed really odd. And, of course, then it turns out to be a boffin in the end, and he just decides to flip sides and go over the rebel sides and, of course, in the end, discovers the Death Star 2 plans. And also, what was this with, like, the shield generator crap? It's like, what, there was, the, the Rebels didn't have a design for rounded shield generators, and so they needed to get this for the Hoth base? Th- this made no sense. I, this was, this was weird. Oh, this is a huge sigh, oh, a huge... And, um, and there's an alien with a bow tie in the last page. Jason, you are missing all sorts of, uh... Crap. Oh, in case you didn't pick it up, what happens is Luke has been just off camera for each of the three issues. He's been there watching the first three issues go down and letting it happen because it's all part of this fancy plan. And uh, what all these secret codes are uh, and the reason they're being interrogated and tortured and smuggling out the stormtrooper uh, with the code in his head is so that they can steal the power generators for Hoth. And they just put them in the back of the cargo hood of the ship. And that was their big reveal at the end of this issue, that they were going after the power generators, which, in my opinion, the power generators in the movies were huge, huge enough that you needed an AT-AT to destroy them. Yeah, Here, these look tiny. This was they're weird. Like, they're just like in the back of a Falcon-sized ship. Hey, just put them right back there. Pretty good work, everyone. It is. It was a. <laughs> this was about like if you took that Hoth playset from the the Hasbro stuff. They had that one Hoth little playset that had the uh, the turret and the shield generator thing with the um, the trench in front of it. The the shield generator in that playset is about to scale as to what it's shown in this comic. Oh, it's so yeah. It was not quite the uh, conclusion I wanted, but it was essentially what we expected uh, from this series. I just feel like Matt uh, Kent, who wrote this series, just doesn't quite, I don't know. Either he was trying something completely new or he just doesn't get Star Wars. Because this did not feel like Star Wars. This was a poor, poor, poor excuse to try to move from A New Hope into Empire. Um, The storytelling is so rushed in trying to connect the first three issues that it made it super, it made it a frantic read. Like you were like, oh, what? Okay, now we're jumping here. Oh, wait, what? This is the scene from that issue? No, very poor. You guys lame. Oh, yeah. Lame. So, so this I have... issue belongs on the lame list. Lame, 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 So um, I got uh, some good reading to look forward to, I guess, huh? Oh, geez, oh. yes. No, don't even buy it. I will, no. you, I, I, will I will give it to you this but, Week the, at the Sarlacc meeting. The, the, I have to buy it because I have the collector ment- mentality where if I have the first three issues, I have to have the fourth issue no matter how bad it is. That's my own problem. I can deal, yeah. I need to deal with that problem. But, yeah, I'll get it. I'll get it. I'll read it. I'll, re- I'll review it. next. I'll give you my quick uh, – I'll give you – like I said, I'll give you my uh, rating next show. The only saving grace to this uh, issue is the Adam Hughes cover, which is fantastic. 
uh, has Luke in the ceremony with his saber drawn. It's great cover. And that and uh, from what I what I took from it is the very last page. Ryan, do you have yours handy? Yep. Very last page. What does that hammerhead look like? He's trying to wear. Oh, that's Tomb Raider. No, that's the very last page. Uh, oh, he's yeah, he's he's got his his uh, his uh, blue uh, one piece swimsuit on. Yeah, it looks like the hammerhead in the very last page is next to an alien his, wearing a bow tie. Yes, his Granny Kenner bathing suit, but he does have an alien next to his bow tie. And we've pointed that out before on this uh, series that they have very earthly fashion statements in this. Although I don't yeah. mind Luke's hoodie, although it does look like a hoodie. <laughs> so, all right, Ryan, give us your Death Star. I, I'm just waiting to hear what you get it. A thousand points of light. Ew. You, you know what I'm going there, right? Destroyed Death Star. It's yeah. it's it's destroyed into a thousand points of light. Um, and it, there's not even chunks of it to go rain down on Yavin 4 here. It's just completely gone. All right. And you guys know I'm not a negative person. Like, I usually don't. Yeah rail off on this stuff. I usually love everything. This was crap. It was not a well-put-together issue. Did Dark Horse just throw this whole series together once they realized they didn't have the license anymore? They just want to get something out quick while they still had a chance? Maybe. Yeah, because we didn't hear about this until after we heard about... Did we? You know what? I didn't hear about this until Emerald City Comic Con, and yeah. that was, when, February? Yeah, this seems like a last... Last-ditch effort. Yeah, a few just, to dollars. Get, just to get something out, since they've got a very limited amount of time left on the license. This is very true. Um, yeah, I'm going zero Death Stars on this one, too. I, it's, <laughs> just, it's just not a pleasure to read at now, all. Now, are you going zero Death Stars is in Thousand Point of Lights Death Star <laughs> or Giant Chunks Falling on Endor Death Star? Which one are you go on there? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, no, it, it's got the good cover on it, so it can't be... Uh, can't be having all-out fallout on Endor. Maybe that's why it was sold out at my comic shop, because the cover was so nice. This one did have three covers. Uh, it had an Ultra. It had this, which is the common. The, the Hughes is the uh, standard version. And then they had an Ultra variant cover by Adam Hughes, which was the sketch version of this cover. And then Matt Kent did those uh, throwbacks as a variant cover as well. So this actually was released with three different uh covers so who knows maybe people are out there trying to collect all three mm-hmm. or maybe my comic shop didn't order it because they hated the first three that could be <laughs> two you know i think uh, the comic shop i regularly go to didn't order anything after the first one i don't think i ever <laughs> saw them there i picked this one up at a different comic shop i just happened to go there for something else and they had had this and i think one other that i had to pick up and and so i was able to get them both but i don't think the other shop i went to decided to order the rest of them <laughs> can't blame them <laughs> well, good riddance to this title and not good riddance but almost goodbye to Dark Horse uh, each of this month's comics uh, had a back cover that said Dark Horse builds character and it's a picture of Darth Vader deflecting some blaster bolts and at the top it said from the dawn of the Jedi to the dark times and beyond we've left a legacy and I think that is fair to say. We um, Dark Horse has brought us so many good. This is not representative no, of what I, we've no. produced in the past at all. So it's kind of sad to see. I mean, out of all these issues, I like Darth Maul the most. And who do? We, and I think, well, actually, I gave Legacy a, a good rating. But Legacy and Darth Maul were probably the best. And 
you know, that's 50% for this month, whereas, you know, that's not indicative of their legacy because I've liked most of everything Dark Horse has done. Me so, too. I've been collecting Dark Horse since 90, what, 94, 95, so. Yeah, I started yeah. with Dark Empire. So, uh, yeah, so I wouldn't continue collecting it for 20 years if it was not good stuff. No, no, absolutely. Just, just some of these last titles are just kind of not as great as some of their other titles. <laughs> Agreed. And no matter how good you can be, I mean, no matter what you do, you're not everybody, it, most anybody, they put out something, there's going to be a piece of crap in there somewhere. Uh, not not everything you do can be the best ever. And right. this just shows, I mean, this, the, like you said, this is not indicative of what Dark Horse has done. They're doing a lot of great stuff. Uh, absolutely. Unfortunately, this is falling right toward the end of Dark Horse's reign on this. And yeah, it was utter crap. And, you know, hopefully <laughs> we, we see some better if finishes to Star Wars and uh, Legacy in there that will make up for this. Agreed. Agreed. Now, this is the time in the uh, show where we'd normally take you for a spin back in time. Where we'd look back, uh, look back at a uh, series from Dark Horse or Marvel's past. But since August is the last time we're going to be getting any new content from Dark Horse, uh, we're going to have plenty of time over the next few months to do some retrospectives. So we're going to hold off on that for today. So that means we're going to uh, wrap it up for the evening. Gentlemen, I want to thank you, as always, for uh, chatting Star Wars comics with me. Jason, always a pleasure. Anything new on the horizon you can think of? Um, Nope. Nope. <laughs> Looking forward to Legacy 18. There you go. <laughs> and Ryan. I think the sun's going to come up on the horizon tomorrow. Yeah. I, I would bet good money on that. Uh, no, I, I yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to the, the next uh, Star Wars issue, definitely. Um, and I am interested to see what, uh, how Marvel uh, does when, when they bring it back next year. But, uh, yeah, uh, kind of glad to see uh, Rebel Heist all done, and we don't have to read this anymore. <laughs> That's true. We're down to three books for next month. So, yep, we will see how we'll do a good send-off to Dark Horse next month as we review their last chapter in Star Wars. So we want to thank you for listening to the Star Wars Spinner Rack. If you have questions or want to comment on the show, you can email us at galaxyatoys at gmail.com. Also find us on Twitter and Facebook at Galaxy of Toys. And you can listen to all of our previous episodes from all of our shows, which include now we're up to Galaxy of Toys, Star Wars Spinner Rack, I grew up Star Wars.com, our podcast, and finally Ryan's Collecting Cosmos. I almost said collectibles. I was it's on collecting a, Cosmos. I was on a, a G.I. Joe podcast the other day. Oh, see, that's what you should and, be looking forward to. What is and, it? And uh, Flag Points podcast, which is an excellent uh, podcast about GI Joe. Um, and uh, they they were we we were we ran through the through the shows on our show and uh, and I uh, called it Collectibles Cosmos. Yeah, whatever you know. It's, it's like oh, so confusing. It's going to become mm. uh, after the last podcast. It'll probably be uh, Guardians of the Galaxy of Toys or something. We, we I think All we right. talked about half the show about Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. So, all right, too funny. <laughs> um, and that show will probably drop in uh, probably not long after this one, I would imagine. Here very shortly. I just have to edit it. Yeah. Perfect. Um, you can find us on iTunes, Zoom, Stitcher Smart Radio, and on Podbean at Galaxy of Toys uh, or www.galaxytoys.podbean.com. That'll wrap us up for this show, and uh, yeah, 
We'll see you next month as we'll be reviewing the very last new material Dark Horse will have to offer. And as always, may the Force and the funny books be with you.